What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan at Thunder Chess, and I'm here with a word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Just head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that is BLE50 in all capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Topic Fandom Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger. Part of the we are part of the Believe Network, and I am joined by the members of the King's Court. Uh, first, we've got with her Pikachu handphone headphones, as always, Chelsea. Chelsea, how are you doing? So sleepy. <laughs> Chelsea has been recovering from COVID, uh, recovering she's from grayscale. Grayscale, there we go. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she, she, she's making her way out of it. So, um, And then also, you heard another voice in the background there. We've got Alex returning to King's Landing through the secret bowels of the castle. Alex, how are you doing, sir? Hey, man. Uh, Mayor of Fleabottom right here for you. <laughs> Very nice, man. Well, hey, as I alluded to with you know all the uh, all the references, uh, we're talking House of the Dragon, episode four of this series, aired last night on HBO and HBO Max. And five. Uh, is it episode four. five? It is four. Is it really? Chelsea, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> go home. You're drunk. Go home. You're sleepy. Is um, that you banging against the wall? Yeah, I accidentally hit my elbow on the wall. Hush. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, this episode was uh, it was interesting, you know, as I kind of covered in the last episode, you know, uh, some of the things that I love about Game of Thrones, like, you know, there's a lot of different qualities that people come back to like these shows for. But I love like the action, the violence, the dragons. And this show or this episode was very much lacking all of that so (laughs) i was kind of taken out of it a little bit you know i still enjoyed the episode uh for what it was you know it was good television um but you know it 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 just wasn't the stuff that you know i i enjoy thoroughly so i'm gonna kick it to you guys um you know me and chelsea was kind of talking about it before the podcast and you know alex i also mentioned to you but uh, how, how did you feel about this episode, like, overall? I'm not asking you to give it a ranking, you know, just, like, the change of pace from basically everything we've seen this season so far. I mean, I, th- I thought I, I thought it was a little a little boring. I thought it was a little bit kind of, like, long-winded. Um, but, I, but at the same time, I, I think it did set up what I, – I think, I, I think episode five is going to be pretty pivotal – uh, to the season. Um, and it seems like episode four kind of sets everything into motion that's going to happen in episode five, because I believe episode five is the last episode where Millie, Millie Acock and uh, who plays Allison? I forgot who plays Allison. But I, I think there's something. Yeah. So I, I think they're younger versions. That's the that's the last episode where they're going to appear on, you know, unless they do some flashbacks and things like that. Uh, but then after that, the the older versions of them take over uh, for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it sets up a lot. I, I think they did a good job of, you know, showing the progression of the Sirius as a weakening king. Um, and I think they they showed, you know, that that Damon is is there to mess things up. You know, he's there to to break a couple of eggs to make scrambled eggs. So I like it. I like it. Break, break the eggs, make them scrambled. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, and you know, we're going to talk about Viserys in a little bit like that uh, of the things that I have like thoughts and opinions on like Viserys, like 
very much Viserys. Um, I, I don't really feel – I don't really have a lot of feelings for what happened with Damon or Rhaenyra. Um, but, Chelsea, uh, let's hear from you. How did you feel about this episode and, uh, I guess, the departure of the norm that has been the rest of the season? I mean, I enjoy – personally – I like the episodes that are full of things that you have to like really listen to and pick up on more. I mean, I love a battle scene, but like these kind of episodes are the ones that you look back on and you're like, oh, okay, I see the foreshadowing now. Like I see how like these episodes are pivotal. And if you like overlook them, then you miss important details and there's a lot of important details especially in context of like the actual book and and the direction that everything is going so i enjoyed it and in spite of all the weirdness because it's weird to us incest and these age gap relationships it's all weird and terrible it's not to them and so you just have to look at it from that perspective of like this is a perfectly normal and acceptable you know social aspect for like it's not you know what I mean so you just have to think of it from that perspective otherwise it does take you out of the story if you're just like oh I could not imagine banging my uncle <laughs> because you shouldn't imagine banging your uncle yeah there you go. for for context you know apparently um I, I went i was listening to the uh the talk the thrones podcast on ringiverse and mallory rubin she's like a game of thrones historian like she knows like all about all, all like game of thrones but she was talking about how jaharis you know the king that chose viserys to be his heir um was married to his sister and Mm -hmm. you know they actually had like you know basically like a meeting like you know like a religious battle with the Mm -hmm. keepers of the sept the high septon and um you know basically it came down to the rule that was passed was hey incest is bad unless you're targaryen (laughs) Like well, we frown not only that, but they part. made a deal with the sept that the Targaryens could incestually marry each other, mm-hmm. and in return allowed the seven to be like the religion in King's Landing. Like that's sort of what introduced um, that religion to because the Targaryens aren't religious; they don't. Yeah, he's crying. Yeah, but they don't, um, I think we've said this before, they don't practice any type of religion, but that was the deal they made with the church was, yeah, okay, we'll allow you to be like the main religion here if you just like turn your eye to uh, our incest stuff going on. Everyone else has disappeared and is muted. (laughs) I'm back. And we're back. <laughs> no, no. So no, I was I was hearing everything, and like my daughter just got back from uh, from dance. You're um, fine. No, no, I was hearing everything you're saying, and and you know one of the more one of the important things in uh, in this episode that I think it's it's a little bit muted based off of what you just said is the fact that Allison is a high tower, and <laughs> you know in the you know the the basically the the region that the high tower is kind of cover uh there's the grand septum the grand the you know they're they're very they're very faithful to the seven Mm -hmm. um and so whenever she was talking to rainier and she was like you know you know oh you know you and your uncle that's disgusting that's an actual thing when it comes to the high towers because they're part of the you know they're very much into the, the the faith the seven um and you know to them yes you know incest is 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 disgusting um, yeah. You know, as opposed to the Targaryens, where it's it's normal. You know, they they want to keep that bloodline pure. They want to, um, you know, keep the the blood of the dragon within the Targaryens, within the Valerians, within the all those, uh, you know, all those those families from Essos. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, and so, you know, it was it was something that I think was very important to the episode, but something that not many people will catch because, you know, they're not necessarily into, you know, in tune with the books and, and, and the show doesn't make a big deal about it. Yeah. And I didn't even feel like with, with Otto telling Viserys, obviously he had, um, ulterior motives. That's the word I was looking for. He had ulterior motives, but Viserys really wasn't even like, oh, my brother is messing around with my daughter. That's gross. He was really more concerned about Rhaenyra's maidenhood being intact and which, you know, how that would appear and how that would affect her chances of marrying someone else that he would prefer for her to marry. But like, if he felt like, I think if he felt like Damon also didn't have ulterior motives in messing around with Rhaenyra he would just let them get married but he's not gonna let Damon marry her even though he offers to because he sees that Damon is just trying to get under his skin and is also indirectly trying to find his way back to being there which he's not and he was then banished again (laughs) for the second time from King's Landing. No, yeah, definitely. It's uh it was a good setup. It was a good setup episode. Um, like I said, it was a little bit boring, but the, the thing is, you know, those setup episodes are sometimes going to be boring. Um, because you know, they're they're setting up the big time action that's gonna happen, you know, later in the season. Um so it, it was a lot of it was a lot of information and it, it was good to see the I don't know if evolution is the word, the correct word for Alicent, but it was good to see like the, you know, it ain't, it ain't all it's cracked up to be, to be queen, you know, in the realm, if you're a woman, it ain't, you know, it it basically, you know, it keeps the focus on the fact that being a woman, whether in, you know, whether in this fantasy, you know, fantasy show or whether it was like in medieval times, but being a woman was very difficult because, you know, as Emma said, your you know the, the the childbed is your battlefield, and you know a lot of women weren't necessarily allowed to be warriors. There were you know there wasn't a lot of Brienne of Tarts, you know, in, in mm-hmm. during this time or in these you know in this type of landscape. Um, and so Rhaenyra, I think she's like the type that's like, look, you know, the hell with like bearing children and you know and and being a, a maiden in a house. I want to. You know, she she basically wants to be the female version of Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it, what they, I, I think this episode did a very good job of, like, showing that, of showing the, the fact that maybe even Allison is a little bit jealous of the freedom that, that Rainier gets to live with, you know, as yeah. far as not necessarily being tied down to a guy and being tied down, especially being tied down to, like, a high-ranking guy like the king or anything like that. You know, it's like she said, she was like, you know, I'm just the queen. I have nobody to talk to. I'm literally just the queen, you know, and so yeah. it's her and popping out children and having bad sex. And, you know, so, so yeah, I, I think, I think that part of the episode, I was very impressed with that part of the episode. The rest of the part of the episode was a little bit, you know, a little bit like it was hard to get past. And I'm not necessarily, I'm not talking about the segment. I'm just saying like, it was a very kind of like a slow pace, kind of like, like not a lot of action per se. I mean, unless you want to call that action, but it was just you know a ton of a ton of non-action. There's a guy shooting fire out of his hands. That's action. I mean, there's a guy shooting. There was guys shooting a lot of things in that episode. <laughs> what you didn't know is that was Donnie Blaze. He actually uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say, you know, uh, Alex, I was talking to Dolan, you know, Stephen Dolan. Uh, he's our co-host on our other podcast, Top Thunder, and you know, he was I saying know who that Dolan is too. Okay, sorry, I was just saying because he's our co-host, but. <laughs> Um, he was saying that he's been listening to, or he's finally caught up with House of Dragons, so he's been listening to our episodes. And um, he was saying that you know, the thing that he's really missing in this show, and I think it's it's pretty common amongst a lot of critics, is like, you know, there hasn't been a lot of levity in terms of like, you know, Tyrion was that character mm-hmm. House of the Dragon, like, and I mean, and not just him, like all the characters around him, like Ron and Podrick, like Jamie was funny. Very true. Very um, true. You had freaking, uh, oh, I had somebody earlier, um, freaking uh, 
Tormund, Tormund Giant Spain. Like, yeah, he came along later. Yeah, I, I'm saying like you know you had all these people that like provided levity, you know, throughout like you know the crazy like serious stakes, and you know, but you know up until this episode, but you haven't seen much of that. Now, I will say in this episode, despite how weird it was. Um, Rhaenyra kind of got in her bag a little bit with you know just like just just comedy like I, I genuinely laughed a few times at Rhaenyra mm-hmm. like in the uh, at Heron Hall uh, whenever she was like you know meeting suitors and you know she she stopped the old dude and was like I, I don't even remember how she did it but like you know she she basically you know just put her in put him in her place or put him in his place mm-hmm. and was like yeah I'm not I'm not marrying this old dude and then she's like next I think she basically I think she basically said you know do you consider my grandmother to be old and he was like basically yeah and she was like yeah okay that's that's the answer right there so you can go on oh no, no, no yeah he was like she, I think was she like, said so do you, ago, did you find her remember. beautiful yeah he was like it was so long ago I can't even really remember and she's uh-huh. like exactly <laughs> Exactly. And then she just missed him, and then it was a kid, and she's like, "Oh, this is That's next." Right. <laughs> so yeah, and then it was a badass know, kid though. Yeah, dude, yeah. dude took down. Was that a Lannister <laughs> that he killed? No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Okay, I, I just saw the gold. Uh, I don't remember Lannister, but it would have made it more sweet if it was a Lannister. Um, but then, uh, and then after, you know, all the weird stuff happened with Damon and she was feeling t- some type of way when she got back in King's Landing, like her little game, she was playing with Crispin Cole. Like, I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, even before um, all the, you know, weird stuff with Damon happens, you see Allison and Rhaenyra mm-hmm. um, almost become friends for a second again. They, they, they come back together and have a moment of reconciliation, which I didn't see coming, but it was kind of like they met each other in the middle and they were like, oh, okay, we've spent all this time being upset and we're both so lonely, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then as the episode goes on, it, slowly unravels back into this place of uncomfortability where Alicent has to be the queen and has to ask Rhaenyra obviously uncomfortable questions and then you know they're kind of right back where they started again but you also get to see inside of like what's going on with Alicent and the king and all of that almost made me more uncomfortable than everything else because you feel for her. You feel like I know like you see her have like true regard for the king. Like she wanted to bathe him and care for his wounds gently. And like she does obviously love him, but then she's like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And he's like, no, bring her to me. And that is just really unfortunate and really true for the time again, where she couldn't say no, she couldn't not go in there. She couldn't not do what the king expects her to do. And then she just has to lie there and take it. And then of course it's juxtaposed with Rhaenyra having all kinds of fun (laughs) and living her best life. And Yes, yeah, so you really end up at the end of the episode feeling um, bad for Allison, and you kind of see the direction that her character is going. And I- I'm assuming that they're wanting us to feel bad for her because she's going to turn into a Cersei level prick really soon. <laughs> Foreshadowing going crazy. Yeah, yeah. and. and- yeah, just a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. And, you know, you kind of look at the whole Damien of this all because kind of going Damien? back to Damien, Damon, God, Damien, Damon. There's there's either where it shouldn't be and it confused me. <laughs> well, they are not the same. Um, but the Damon of it all where, you know, you go back to the second episode whenever he steals the dragon egg and it's like, oh, well. 
you know, I'm about to marry this girl. She's pregnant with my baby. It's customary for Targaryens to, you know, the babies to be uh, with a dragon's egg and, you know, be born at the same time or whatever. And, you know, you get there and you realize, like, when they go to retrieve the egg that, A, he's not married. B, she's not pregnant. So, like, what was your end game? You're just being a prick at this point. <laughs> and then in this one, it's a little bit more calculated because, you know, he he makes the move on Rainier. He he doesn't follow through, according to after the episode. Like, it doesn't actually happen. Um, they can't. And that's, like, in the first episode when he was with Masaria and she was like, what do you need, like, to help yourself to finish like you want me to get somebody with blonde hair and like he clearly is having problems in general because he's i mean i don't know i can't even i can't even presume but he's clearly struggling with something but just the uh just the perception like allison kind of lose to like you know uh, Rainier said I would never do that and she's like you shouldn't put yourself in a position where people would think you would do that and despite Viserys like calling out Otto like how dare you accuse my daughter of such things like he fully like believes it and accepts it and takes action and brings Damon to you know to the throne room and you know there Damon's like you know he admits it he ain't scared well he he doesn't deny it but like he lets him believe what he you know what he wants to believe because like you know they said nothing actually happened in terms of like unsullying her or whatever like he's so scared about mm-hmm. but when he asks him you know damien god i gotta stop calling him damien yeah, <laughs> damien, his name. damien doesn't you know correct him he lets him think what he wants to think and then that's when he makes his play and it's like let me marry her basically saying like because you know this is the only way that she's gonna you know find a suitor um you know with her being unsullied so uh, it was why are you saying unsullied i don't i don't know uh the word kept getting stuck in my head i know the unsullied is the army and everything they Um, are they used a different word i can't think of it okay um Anyway, so after all that's said and done, Rhaenyra goes back and says, hey, Christian, finish the job because Damon wasn't about it. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, that, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, it kind of opens the door and like, pulls back the curtain on like what Damon's like aspirations are. Like he and, and it's like Viserys said, and like as you as the audience kind of you know begins to understand you know what damon's end goal was in game was with you know all the nonsense that he was pulling uh viserys also realizes and that's when he's like it's not about randera you're still after this title you're still after this throne yeah and but then, it's like he doesn't even want it because he wants it he just wants it because nobody wants him to have it but i do think I do think, I know, actually, I know that him and Rhaenyra do have, like, real affections for each other. And in, you know, in a different universe where he wasn't also making a play at the crown, Viserys would just say, okay, you know, like, if Rhaenyra wasn't the one, the heir, and Aegon was, they'd get married and it wouldn't be a big deal and nobody would think twice about it. Yeah, I mean, going back to, like, um, Mallory Rubin, you know, they asked her, they was, like, comparing, you know, her getting with Damon compared to her getting with Crispin. Like, her getting with Damon is, like, infinitely more accepted than her getting with Crispin, who has, you know, sworn a act of, uh, I don't want to, I want to say celibacy, but it's probably the wrong word. Chastity. There it is. And, um, you know, also, like, you know, has, has sworn oath to, like, you know, protect the queen or the princess so this goes back to what i said in last week's episode where there was a rumored relationship between them in the books and no one really you know because it's an unreliable narrator it was you know was it consensual was it not no one really knew the truth now we're seeing the truth of what actually happened and 
the true events. And at now, uh, because her virtue is being questioned, there, Viserys is pushing and forcing the marriage to Lenore, which we saw coming. Um, but as this plays out, um, you also see Viserys deliver like an emergency contraceptive for her because she doesn't or he doesn't believe that well he doesn't know if she actually slept with them or not so like just to be on the safe side he wants her to take this um the future story will pan out or it will play out or in the books it plays out like she does marry Lenore, she does get pregnant but it's always kind of presumed that um, his their children together are not really his um, yeah. but the truth of it we don't know because of the unreliable narrative and I don't really even know if they'll um, entertain that story as much because they did introduce this emergency contraceptive or maybe she keeps boning Crispin who knows we'll see the plan T But the the most important thing that we got to get to here is Viserys kicking out Otto. Oh, yeah. That's actually what I was going to talk about (laughs) there after I made my plan T joke. But uh, the real changing of hands, as it were. Um, (laughs) So, you know, like I was saying, you know, the whole scene with Viserys in the throne room with Damon and, you know, Damon basically, you know, putting all his cards on the table. And, you know, in the scene before that, Otto, you know, thinks that, you know, everything's falling into his lap. Like, this is going to put Damon in a worse light. This is going to put Rainier in a worse light. And he's going to cast them both off his heirs and leading the way for Aemon. Is that his name? Aegon. It is Aegon. Okay, yeah. Uh, leading the way for Aegon You're to be named so bad at heir. the names. Listen, they're all so different. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'll get it eventually. Um, lost my train of thought. Um, but then it backfires because, you know, he does like, you know, kind of battle in his mind about like how he wants to go about this because, yeah, this is information that's beneficial to him, but he does still very much care about Viserys as a guy that's been serving on his king's court for all these years. And finally, when he serves it to him, um, you know, it's it's like that Will Smith scene in Hitch, like that went differently. Differently. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing of it all is, uh, this is not an obscure story, um, or not an out of context story. That the hand, I mean, it's it's within the realms of like a normal thing that the hand might tell the king, um, but it, what it boils down to is that in order for Otto to have received this information, that means that he's having Rhaenyra watched. And why is he having Rhaenyra watched? Because obviously he's trying to catch her doing something. And he, I think he actually did a pretty good job of not leading on like he was reveling in it, but we know he was because we've seen him conspiring um, behind closed doors the whole time. And then I think Viserys also puts together, he conspired with Alicent and is reveling in it. And, and he's seeing all of these decisions spiraling and realizing that he's made a grave mistake and he is becoming his own undoing. If he, if he wasn't already aware in that moment, he is hyper aware of what he's done. Yeah, and the uh, the other thing with Otto, like, you know, like you were saying about, like, sending spies and, like, what's what's so bad about that is, like, Rainier alluded to it in her conversation with Allison, like, mm-hmm. you know, to question the princess's vir- virtue is, like, treason. treason. Yeah. And so, you know, for the hand of the king to you know basically not not necessarily questioning the princess's virtue but like question her enough where she's have he's having her followed is 
you know, it's treasonous in his eyes. And, you know, despite all of his loyalty that he's shown over the years, the fact of the matter is that, you know, he has an agenda. Like he has, like, he's not completely innocent in all this. And that's, that's what he says. He's like, you know, your judgment's clouded. And, you know, what's, what's the hand without judgment? And that leads to the changing hand. But what I thought was interesting. So who's you know, going to be hand next? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What I thought interesting was, I thought it was funny. Damon, you know, kind of put all the cards on the table. Otto put all the cards on the table. And Rainier put all the cards on the table. And, you know, they all kind of made their plays. Rainier is like, listen, you got to get rid of Otto. Otto was like, listen, you got to get rid of Damon. Damon's gone to the veil. Um, Otto was also trying to get rid of Rainiero, but that didn't happen because, as Vizier said, if he was to change his air once again, you know, there's probably a lot of people that'd be like, "Cool, he changed it to a, a, a guy," and like, like it always should have been. But a lot of other people's like, this dude's changed his air like twice in the past however many years. Like he's super wishy washy, and you know, un, un, unstableness instability instability that's the word man words are hard sometimes you're struggling instability throughout the realm um you know would start to mount at that point so um but yeah i mean you know like i said they all just kind of started pointing at each other and i feel like you know as the series is starting to weaken you know we saw his two fingers were lost we saw all the sores on his back he's not getting better he's only getting worse he's just starting to dwindle away he's starting to act more and more like a king, you know, in like in terms of like have like making action because he's not really a guy of action. Like Alex always says, he's a peacetime king. Um, but you know, making action and you know banishing Damon once again, and basically firing Otto as the hand of the king and demanding like Rhaenyra, like we tried it your way. Um, you made now a you have to marry Lenore. and like now like you're doing this and you're not giving me any lip about it. See, this is what I said last week, too, about Viserys' long game. Long game, he was aiming for Lenore. And, you know, part of the reason I feel like he ended up sending help to Damon was to ensure that Lenore made it back because he knew that that was going to be the best fit um, for, for the kingdom, not that her and Lenore would be a good match but like it was gonna bring the most to the crown like they have the most to bring to the table yeah so it's you know it, it's interesting what all is happening here because you know with the women marriage of Lenore you know we didn't talk about earlier we learned that Corliss had gone back to Driftmark and Corliss had been in conversation with the uh, was it the king of Bravos? Is that what they said? I do not know. It, it, it was somebody high ranking of Bravos and marrying their heir, um, in which joining their well, two Lena was gonna marry. Oh, was he was it? he okay. he was striking up a different marriage deal yeah, for yeah, Lena. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but like combining the houses of Valerian and the house of you know and Bravos like. You know, the Iron Brink of Bravos is still very much a thing at this point. Like those are like like the wealth would just be unimaginable and like mm-hmm. the the shift of power would be crazy in favor of Valerian and you know then it would just be the Targaryens kind of on their way out because everybody in Essos, everybody in the triarchy hates the Targaryens. And if the Valerian were to team up with them, it wouldn't be hot stuff. So this was a definitely a political move. And honestly, the move that they uh, are, I got Lionel Strong said they should have done in the first place with Viserys. So, speaking of Lionel Strong, new hand of the king. Is that your prediction? Yeah, I don't actually know what happens. Okay, I was about to say because you you know a lot of information, so I'm like, are you? Being I do cheap? know a lot, but I I don't actually know who becomes hand so it's probably better that way because i can make my guess um there's no other guess i mean yeah someone out of thin air so yeah lionel makes the most sense in terms of him being a guy that he leans to for counsel anyways um Mm -hmm. despite having a hand 
so and he probably very unbiased counsel. He gives actual good advice. Yeah, he doesn't push his agenda. Like he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you want you want Rainier to marry your son? <laughs> you flatter me, but no. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just kind of like a wild card. Like you know, you're kind of mending that mending that ship with the uh, House Valerian. Maybe bring back Corliss and make him the hand of the king. Just fully ferment that relationship it's possible i don't know i don't think corliss thinks very much of a serious i don't know if he would even accept Mm-mm. but who knows it's, it's it's gonna be crazy i'm i'm hoping you know like i said this episode is what it was it wasn't my favorite personally you know there were some things that i liked about it a lot of things i didn't like about it i'm not saying it's a bad episode of television just not my taste so I'm hoping we can kind of get back to the action, hoping we can get back to the dragons. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. By the way, we lied. Uh, Caraxes was definitely in this episode. I thought so. Yeah, because yeah, Caraxes nearly knocks Rainier off the boat. Mm-hmm. You're the one that said there wasn't no dragons in this episode. I was not. That was Alex. Uh, okay. Well, I did not say that. Sorry, everybody. We'll correct ourselves, but yeah, we was just about to give our ratings uh, for this episode, Alex. We've kind of covered everything <laughs> to yeah. ad nauseum. Um, so you know, kind of give our, our ratings for this episode, and uh, you know, just anything else you wanted to add uh, that we may not have talked about, or just rehash something that we might have already talked about. It's okay. Well, considering that I didn't hear anything for the last mm-hmm. fifteen minutes. Um, did we talk about the possibility of her not drinking the moon tea? Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think so. In the books, the the rumor in the books is that mm-hmm. you know she's married to Lenore, um, but her kids come out with brown hair, and mm-hmm. so you know many people call them the strong kids because they think they. Um, belong to Harlan Bonebreaker Strong, you know, because she supposedly falls in love with him. Um, so I'm thinking that one of these kids may still come out with brown hair, but it could belong to Sir Crispin. Sir Crispin. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, you know the, the showrunners, they can take liberties. You know, the good thing is that this show, this story is already written. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you know, if you want to make, you know, adjustments on the fly, not even necessarily on the fly, just adjustments for the show to make it, you know, maybe spice it up a little bit. You know, this is probably the perfect adjustment to do is to introduce one more, you know, one more, uh, I guess. Wrinkle. Yeah, one more wrinkle to this love triangle that maybe is a love square, whatever. Uh, but yeah, just one more wrinkle to this whole story. Yep, and you missed my plan T joke, Alex. Dang, sucks. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Pretty sure it was hilarious. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, what What was your rating for this episode? Uh, I give it a solid, just fifth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I concur there. Uh, I think I was leaning thumbs down. Um, but you know, after talking about it and how uh, how much deeper it goes and how much you know actually happens in this episode um you know that you don't necessarily see happen you know just happens in conversations i'll I'll go with the i'll go with the mid you know the fist we'll go with that what you got chelsea i still give the thumbs up because i i like it all it's so funny like like any of it it's so it's so funny you're you're so tough on Uh she-hulk yeah but yet because the cringe effect is the difference house of dragons you're like oh every episode starts off at a at a thumbs up it's it's the cringe of it all though (laughs) with chelsea uh house of dragon is innocent until proven guilty and she-hulk is guilty until proven innocent Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. It's all good though. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it's it's good television. I've I've enjoyed the season so far. Uh, do we know how many episodes are in the season? I believe ten. Is it ten? Okay. Yeah. Only ten. 
Why do they do this to us? I mean, how many episodes do you Ben's want? A lot. I don't know. I mean, these are how hour many episodes long. are in like normal season of Game you, of Thrones. I can't you remember. Tend, you tend to forget that we only got like six episodes for season eight. No, that was terrible. But are there normally only ten episodes? Yeah, I think so. I think like, I think like the first. I think the first five seasons or six seasons, it was like ten episodes, and then it shrunk down to about seven, and then six. Mm-hmm. Wish it would just go on forever. <laughs> just never stop. Just you know, recording as stop. the as the shows. She wants it. She wants it to be days of our lives. Okay, I don't know about all that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is uh that's all of our thoughts on that this episode of the House of the Dragon. Um, let's get to the more disappointing stuff. Yeah, wonk wonk. Listen, I I get it. Listen, like there's like Listen. everybody wanted Fantastic Four, hundred percent. Um. First of all, let me just say, like, the first big takeaway of, you know, D23, heads were rolling on, like, leakers street. Like, all the, like, big-time, like, Marvel leakers, half of them deleted their accounts (laughs) because all these predictions, Fantastic Four, Nova, Okoye series, Wonder Man. Um, I saw somebody say... uh, like first look at secret wars like all these things that was like predicted to happen just like no henry cavill uh jody comer like all these actors and actresses we talked about like just no just absolutely did not happen and uh yeah i mean it, it it's wild time like i live for the leaks like i don't care if it's real or not like just let me speculate like let me mm-hmm have a reaction to it and if it's like confirmed awesome like i can like further speculate on it but like you know just i I just like you know i don't know letting my brain imagine these people and these roles and these movies and all these things so that's that that's kind of my like you know big takeaway at the beginning in terms of like fantastic four um so so i i think as i was watching and as as the as the as the hour grew old and realized that there was nothing going to come out and feige basically just came out and said look we're not going to make any type of big time fantastic four announcements like i kind of sat there and i was a little bit disappointed but then i was like you know what we did this to ourselves Mm -hmm. you know because you know pardon my french but you know at san diego comic-con i do believe that and you know Marvel and Disney, they blew their load there. Like it was completely like, you know, they gave us everything that they could that was confirmed to a point. Because I do think that they noticed that people were starting to kind of jump off the bandwagon with with Phase Four, and so they needed a big bang to kind of get people back, you know, reeled back into it. But I also think that they thought, okay, so. We accomplished what we needed to accomplish in San Diego Comic-Con. Let's not just completely blow the entire chamber that we have on D23 a month later. So I do think, you know, they have time on their side. This can definitely be something that they can kind of present, you know, at the next big Comic-Con, whether it's San Diego, whether it's another one. I don't know if there's one in New York. Um, But I, I do believe, like, they can kind of hold off a little bit for the phase six stuff and just kind of wait maybe one more year and see how, you know, Black Panther does, see how Quantumania does, uh, see how the Marvels does. And then from there, hey, if those movies are raking in a billion dollars, they probably don't necessarily have to do too much after that. You know, so I think it was, I think partially it was on us for just setting the, the, the expectations way too high and just, you know, being disappointed just based off of our expectations. Yeah, it is just a, like a wild move though. Like in retrospect, just to like to have all that drop at San Diego Comic Con, and like you know, with all that dropping, you're like, okay, if this is happening at San Diego Comic Con, D twenty three, which is you know, 
the house of mouse like the company that yeah. like marvel like they own marvel like okay like they're gonna blow the top off like in d23 like all, all these things like that's what made all these leaks like thought mm-hmm. possible um so yeah i mean it's it, it yeah it, it was a little bit of a letdown i, I get it uh chelsea i i know your feelings about it uh <laughs> how did you feel about um you know everything announced not not specifics just kind of in general well my my biggest thing is that they obviously are hearing the discontent in all the fans not i mean not everybody is unsatisfied but like a lot of people are confused with phase four and the direction mm-hmm. that it's all going and i have no doubt that it will all make sense in the end but right now it isn't making a lot of sense and people are kind of like you know are these projects flopping they're not flopping because people are still watching them but like at a certain point you gotta give the people what they want and and i don't think we're getting a lot of much i don't know i'm so upset about it all like they announced i just looked this up they announced the fantastic four movie at san diego comic-con in 2019 july 2019 is when they like confirmed that fantastic four were coming it's 2022 and we're not any closer to any information about the movie other than we have a director and we know they're not doing the origin story again. That's a that's a annoying. That's four, three years. That's too long. Okay, I, it's annoying. <laughs> I don't even think we know unequivocally they're not doing the origin story again. I think that might have been uh, a a weaker that actually said that. Um, what the director? I mean, no, a leaker that came out and said that they're not doing the origin story because oh, in- well, I mean, for, that doesn't really even matter. But you know what I yeah, mean. No, My no, point I'm, is, I get it. We know nothing, and that's it's kind of like when they kept they waited so long to release the No Way Home trailer, like so long, and it's like obviously we're still excited about it. We're still gonna watch it, but like. Why are you making us wait so long? And then we're getting all these Disney, all the all the shows, they're popping them out like I don't know, so fast, and they're not putting enough thought into those. I don't know. It feels like their attention, their focus is on qual quantity over quality of content and they're not giving us what we want to hear and what we want to see it's like how many projects can we bust out instead of I mean, it, it, it sounds like it mean it sounds like the common complaint that you know with the disney plus shows that that the mcu may just be spread out too thin you know i think so point. um and i mean it, it Again, it may work. It may work for it, but the process to get to that point, like to get to Secret Wars, um, it's it's going to take time, and it's gonna it's going to be a little bit painful. You know, you know, getting to Infinity, you know, getting to the end of the Infinity Saga. Whenever you looked at it from Iron Man One, like it looked pretty dismal a little bit. Beginning there, like there were some movies like Iron Man Three, you know, Thor Two. Like they weren't very good, you know. They were just they were just fodder, you know. They were just mm-hmm. like, um, but you needed those to set up plot points to get to Infinity Wars and get to Endgame. Um, and so I, I think a lot of Phase Four is setting up plot points. And I think you know shows like you know there were other shows like Hawkeye. I was not a very big fan of Hawkeye the show. Um, yeah, I know you love you, you loved Hawkeye, but I was not a very big fan. But you know, shows like Loki, shows like I think WandaVision kind of started to set up 
the multiverse and they were necessary. They were necessary to kind of start establishing um, where we're heading um, as far as, as far as this multiversal saga. Um, but yeah, I do think that they are spread a little bit thin. And I do think that they're just, they're putting out stuff just to put out stuff. Like I think, you know, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, it, it, it may, it may be necessary for the Marvel, you know, the, the Marvel's movie, mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things of the MCU, I don't think the, you know, the Miss Marvel show was necessarily needed, you know? I disagree with them spreading themselves too thin. I just think that they need to have more time because the real issue with all of these shows is that, you know, it's build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. And then it's like, you don't have time to tie up all these loose threads at the end. It's like, they don't have enough room to breathe. They need more episodes. They're trying to like make it a mini series and make it six episodes when really, you know, they could make it eight or 10 and it, I mean, nobody's going to complain about it. It's not like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they, they, they want to have these weird gaps like in between, I guess, to build hype. But, you know, I, I mean, if it sacrifices the product, then yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. Now, that being said, got, like everything in face, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You already started. No, I'm just, I can't, my mind is going a thousand miles a minute go ahead no I, I was just saying that being said like i've enjoyed like i've not sat and watched any of the shows on disney plus for marvel and been like this isn't good like i'm not having fun like i've enjoyed the time that i've had in the disney plus shows whether they're more connected or not with the wider mcu universe you know the only issue that i really have is like i said you know they just they don't give enough time to tie up all the loose threads in the story. And, you know, that leaves a sour sour taste in people's mouth. Uh, I did a lot of other people's mouths than mine. Like, you know, I just kind of like, ah, well, you know, I would have liked for this to happen, but you know, I enjoyed it for what it is, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of my, my only gripe with it, but good. Chelsea. Well, what I was going to say made no sense in regards to what you were going to say, because but sidebar from that, from whatever I was going to say, Miss Marvel alone had so many plot holes, like still sometimes when I'm just sitting here, I'm like, I didn't understand a single second of that show. And maybe I need to rewatch it. But like so it was so bad so many plot holes and then you expect me to want to watch a movie with captain marvel and her and maria i mean maria rambo is kind of interesting she's slightly intriguing but like then you expect me to want to watch a movie with two characters that were developed terribly like so bad no, thank I you. I disagree that Kamala was developed terribly, but uh, that's another conversation for another Ooh. time. We've already gone almost an hour and a half on this podcast. It's so bad. Um, uh, I guess uh, just kind of wrapping up, so we can, so we can kind of wrap up on a happy note. Um, let's just talk about our favorite projects that were announced, or our favorite things that happened at D twenty three, the Marvel's panel, uh, and we can close out on that note. Um. You know, me and Chelsea kind of going back and forth for a little bit here, Alex. So we'll, we'll go to you to start us off, man. What, what are you most looking forward to that was announced at D23's Marvel panel? I mean, Thunderbolt. I mean, you know, just having official confirmation that, mm-hmm. number one, you know, the lineup. Um, did we com- did we get confirmation that it was a movie or was it going to be a show? No, it's or a movie. They still don't know yet? It's a yeah, movie. It's yeah, a yeah. Movie. So just official confirmation that it's a movie. Um I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what they do with that. Like, I think, you know, I, I think She Hulk is going to tie into that big time. Um, I I think the leader is going to, you know, the leader from the 2008 Hulk movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to he's going to make a uh, an appearance in this and kind of you know be a, a factor. And and I do think what the the leader wasn't he's scheduled to be on in captain america new world yeah, order yeah he's gonna be in yeah. New world order so I, I i think he's going to be a 
of you know something moving forward uh, within the MCU. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to see what 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 they do with that because I tell you what, about the only successful thing consistently that DC has done is Suicide Squad. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know the ability to take just some some anti-hero badass characters and kind of put them all together and watch the comedy kind of flow out from that and watch the chemistry flow out from that. Um, I, I think that's something that can really happen, you know, in, in Marvel. And, and look, they basically said that the Avengers are no more, which is understandable. You know, they, they've been through a lot and they're a fractured group right now. So why not have this, you know, click of, you know, of, of misfits just come together and be like the new dark Avengers or the, the Thunderbolts and just have, you know, have some fun with a, a group, movie yeah it's it's gonna be a fun movie for sure and like you know a lot of those characters are more i guess playful in terms of like red guardian uh mm-hmm. yelena like we've seen her serious but you know she's also like very playful she's hilarious yeah like yelena's like a fan favorite like she's the mvp of the cast obviously and she's yeah. the leader of the thunderbolts mm-hmm. as she should be and See, like that's the correct she's too. like the correct way to give like a female like leading character that like portrays confidence in all the things that so many of their other female characters just feel like cringy for trying to do you know like it's not forced yeah, and then we also got Ghost and Taskmaster, so the girl power mm-hmm. continues. I- I'm looking forward to seeing more Ghost. Taskmaster can jump off a bridge. <laughs> well, it probably survive because of the armor. But, yeah, because um, it's stupid and weird. We've seen a history of Marvel retroactively um, trying to admit they've done wrong and work with what they've got the best way they possibly can, so... I look forward to seeing how they try to, uh, what is it? Uh, not retrofit, not retrograve. Uh, man, words Vent. are escaping me. No, it's... mercury, mer- mercury, and retrograde. Yeah, no, it's not that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I-, I look forward to seeing how they, you know, can kind of play with that and change it and- while acknowledging that you know it was a huge swing and a miss, but also like you know move the character forward. So uh, that'll be fun. And then. John Walker, like, you know, say what you want mm-hmm. about Falcon Winter Soldier show. Say what you want about John Walker and his character portrayal. White Russell acted his butt off in that show. Yeah. And I'm excited to see him on the big screen and, you know, see how his character develops going forward. So I'm with you, man. Thunderbolts can be fun. Um, Zemo wasn't confirmed, but I, I mean, there's, it, it wouldn't be Thunderbolts without Zemo. So I, I think Zemo is going to be there. I wouldn't be shocked if Abomination is there and they just don't want to, uh, you know, leak anything that's coming out towards the end of She-Hulk. Um, and who knows, man? We might have a few other characters pop in there. So it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, Chelsea, let's go to you. What are you most looking forward to that was announced at the D23 Marvel panel? Well, I was going to say the same thing, but only because I'm shipping Bucky and Yelena hard. <laughs> What's their name? they're Yucky? a thing in the comics. Yucky, couple name Yucky. Uh, maybe just not that. Maybe Belena. Maybe not that either. Sounds like baloney. Okay, so this is that. That's the thing you're most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Baloney. I mean, because everything else was just whatever. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, yeah. Hey, so werewolf by night, like. I'm not entirely too big on that, but the only reason I am is because I want to win that uh that uh fantasy football Marvel thing that we did. Yeah, a the fantasy Marvel. Oh yeah, I think the fence yeah. is in on that, man. I've got Wong. Wong. It's this is favorite oh, Wong. Crap. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know enough about Werewolf by Midnight, but Werewolf by Night. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know enough about it, obviously, to to be excited. I- I want to see man thing. Yeah, I'm excited That's for it. that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting for sure. I honestly can't yeah. even remember much else. Chelsea Jenny from uh, Outlanders in that. Yeah. She's playing Elsa Bloodstone. Bloodstone uh, as we that's saw kind of interesting. IMDb, so that's cool because Elsa Bloodstone's obviously like. I don't really know what she does, though. Well, we'll find out. Doesn't she like open portals? 
something like that. Uh, okay. I, I shouldn't speak unequivocally. <laughs> in the in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance game, when I when I last saw her, she had a huge shotgun and she also had like mystical powers, but I don't think she opened portals. But yeah, well, mystical powers means whatever you want it to mean <laughs> in the Marvel universe these days. Very so true, very true. All right. Uh, a couple things that I'm looking forward to. Uh Captain America New World New World Order. Uh obviously Anthony Mack is returning as Captain America. Um, mm. walking Taurus, uh, mm-hmm. our guy Danny Ramirez, I think is his name. Um, yeah. we just saw him in a movie called uh, Look Both Ways on Netflix, and like he was awesome. And I really enjoyed him in, in his time, Falcon Winter Soldier. So I'm excited to see him as Falcon. Isaiah yeah, Bradley's the best back. part of the show. Isaiah Bradley has been cast and coming back, so I'm excited for that. Uh, obviously, the leader is going to be in this. Do show you think they're going to do um, his grandson? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think I saw that there was an interview with him and where he said that you know he doesn't know of any future plans, but you know we mm-hmm. just saw Andrew Garfield go on a press tour line to everybody's face. So I don't trust He's anything a bad anybody, liar. this guy says. So, <laughs> um, and then of course uh, in Captain America: New World Order, the thing that I'm most excited about about it is they said it's a paranoid paranoid thriller. And, like, that just immediately made me think about the Winter Soldier. And I'm not saying it's going to be the Winter Soldier because Winter Soldier, for for its dollar, is, like, one of the best movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. But just another movie in that vein, uh, I I really look forward to seeing that. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bucky hop up in it. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of other people hop up in it. I wonder if if Secret Invasion bleeds into... um, Captain America New World Order because Secret Invasion that trailer it looked like a paranoid thriller like yeah. you know basically you know Nick Fury is basically saying hey do you trust your security de- detail to Rhodey you know probably saying that you know it probably has been infiltrated by scrolls and things like that so you know that could easily shift over to you know Captain America and, and kind of like the, the paranoid part of that yep and the the other thing that I am like really excited for and i've enjoyed the ant-man movies like more than most people have just because mm-hmm. like i i have so much fun in those movies only because of michael pena not only because paul rudd is an icon yeah he's a treasure and oh 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 uh no no, no. I, i'll say that in this um one of the reasons i'm excited about ant-man and the wasp quantumania is jimmy woo is coming yes. back uh, Randall Park, Jimmy Wu, famously, you know, the other Jim Halpert is going to be back in this movie. So very excited to see him. Dude's an icon. I think I might have actually drafted him in that uh, fantasy Marvel draft. Not sure, but, um, but yeah, there was another look at the, at this movie at D23 um, and just everything we're hearing about Kang. Uh, he said, he said to Ant-Man, he's like, have I killed you before? It gets blurry after a while. Like <laughs> the dude is so, be so badass. Like, it, it's, it's amazing. And a, a plot detail was revealed in this clip that we hadn't known previously that Hang has a, reached out to Ant Man. It's a heist. Yeah. Like he was like, something was taken from me and I need you to get it back. And as Van Lathan so eloquently put it in the Ringverse podcast, like, this is a guy that could go to any point in time on a whim and like is all powerful, has lived like a millennia and there's something that he can't do that he needs Scott Lang to do. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. And, you know, obviously time highest again, like that was such a fun time in Avengers Endgame. Uh, and all, all of the little like heists that uh, Scott Lane pulls off is a good time. Um, just mm. getting in that dude's mind is a good time. But yeah, I mean, between Scott Lang, Jimmy Woo coming back, Kang, uh, the cast saying like basically, yeah, this is one you need to watch. Like <laughs> basically throwing shade at one and two. Like it was kind of inconsequential to the larger MCU. But, like this, they said this one directly leads into Avengers Kang Dynasty. So yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this movie. I agree. I agree 100%.
Like, yeah, I mean, there's there was a little bit little, God, a little bit of disappointment Saturday, but there's still a lot of things to be excited for. And I think there's gonna be some surprises in terms of um us enjoying some of these things more than you know we, we think we will. So uh definitely looking forward to it. It's a great time to be a nerd. It's a great time to be a geek. Great time to be a dork. Um, you know, there's just so much stuff going on. You know, like Chelsea was saying, fall TV is coming back. I know we talked about Chicago in a podcast. Alex, Chicago is coming back on the 21st. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's good times, man. So with that being said, uh, I hope everybody has a great night. Uh, uh, wow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Man, it's like what's I'm wrong tired. with you? I'm tired. Leave me alone. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you did, subscribe. I'll leave a five star rating, positive review. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend if you've enjoyed it. That way, we can kind of spread the word on this. Uh, follow us on Twitter at topic underscore fandom. And on behalf of myself, Chelsea, and Alex, hope you guys have a great night. And as always, Alex is going to make me cringe. Nerd up, baby. Nerd up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Fandom Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Our podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Find our podcast, leave us a five-star rating and positive review, and spread the word if you enjoyed it while we try to grow this thing. Until then, nerd up and geek out.